All right, it's Saturday morning. Good morning. This is Michael Nesco, and welcome to Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network, bringing all the great music to you every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got interviews now. We got Ainsley Dunbar, David Reese, Bobby Caldwell, Davey Patterson, Greg Chason, and now today we have rock and roll Bay Area legendary photographer, Mr. Pat Johnson, all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, but he's been living in the Bay Area for his for a long time. Welcome to Renegade Rock, Pat. Thank you, man. I'm honored to be here with you, Mike. And we're here to talk about your new book, Blue Collar Photographer, on, and you can get it on Amazon or patjohnson.com. Pat, let's talk about this book. I mean, I'm honored to be in your book with all these great, great pictures. I went through it the other day, and I was just, it was like uh, uh, going down memory lane from living in the Bay Area for the last 26 years, you know? Yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's my lifetime work. It's strictly a music book. I mean, I did sports and models and comedy, but right now it's strictly a music book, and I was lucky enough to have Joel Selvin one of the top music writers in the world. Totally. Joel's, I mean, he's a San Francisco Bay Area legend. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's written bestseller books, uh, you know. So he, he did the intro and helped me with it a lot. So I'm really, really quite proud of it. And it is my legacy. Like I told you, you know, it, it's for my family. It's, you know, it's for me, my family. I got tears in my eyes. I'm That's a okay. Fan. Go get that emotion out, brother. I'm the same way with my, I mean, I'm not making a million dollars playing music, but we're not doing it for that, right? We're doing it because we love oh, we love doing it yeah you know I, i'm so proud to be from cleveland it taught me to be who i am you know i'm not a that's the title of the book is blue collar photographer i grew up in brook park i mean factory steel mill that's where i live right now man it's crazy yeah i know i'm a, my weird 130th and uh in uh holland so i mean wow i'm just five minutes from there not even that but uh you know, it's the history of my history of me and my music. You know how I started. There's some funny stories in it. So, what 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 inspired you to be a photographer? Did you know this at a young age in grade school or? Well, in high school, I went to Mid Park, and which is no longer there anymore. I know, really sad, but I took photography because I could go outside and smoke, and so. Uh, all of a sudden, I got a camera in my hand, and I fell in love with it, and uh, I started taking pictures and doing it mid-park. And then Dad, I went you're to, a natural. You really are. Oh, thanks, man. Then I went to Tri-C, and they didn't have photography, so I went back. But, you know, a number of years ago, mid-park put me in their mid-park hall of fame, and I had Ron Revelt, who was my photography teacher, come, come and uh, be, you know, be honored with me, you know? So, yeah. So what was the first itching or that you had that you knew you wanted to go to San Francisco? I didn't even know I wanted to go to San Francisco. How did you end up going there then? Yeah, I was uh, I was going to Ohio University for photography, which is an absolute waste of time. Discovered discovered quaaludes, and uh, I got all incompletes in, in photography. We used to do those in the 70s like crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, you know. So my father sees this screwed-up kid, and he goes, hey, go visit your 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 brother-in-law sort of in San Francisco, and he gave me a ticket to San Francisco. No way, my, really? Yeah, and I came out here and went, whoa, it's 70 degrees here and 5 degrees in Cleveland. It was December 5th, <laughs> you know, 71, and uh, 
I went, well, no, 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 no. And I just, my, uh, my girlfriend was still back in Brook Park. And, and uh, six months later, I flew back, grabbed her, sold our cars, bought a van and moved out here with 800 bucks. Is that your current wife? She passed away. Oh, wow. Ago. That's sad to hear. So, wow. What an adventure, man. I mean, how old were you? 20. 20. That's, that's nuts. So what was the first job you had in San Francisco for, as a photographer? Well, I worked at a I worked at a couple of photo labs. How I got started, it's a it's an amazing story. I got to become friends with uh, Doug Roach was his name. He was the bass player of Santana when they were really relevant. You know, uh, Caravan Sarai. Not David Morgan, right? Uh, no, it was Doug Roach. So this is really early Santana. Yeah, he died 30 years ago. He invites me to be his guest on New Year's Eve, 1973, Winterland, Santana. And I'm like, I'm like, for kid from Cleveland. I, oh, wow. Ooh. I had a camera, of course, and I borrowed a couple lenses from my boss and went there. And it was uh, Santana, Malo, Sapo, like Latin Day. But the opening act was a band called Journey. Never heard of them. It was their first show. Ainsley wasn't even in the band. No, he wasn't. That's right. No, Prairie Prince played it. Yes. Not too many people know that, too. You know that. Yeah. And so I look up, and there's, like, Neil, Sean, and Greg Rowley. And my buddy Rick Wright and I go, hey, that, those guys are from Santana. We never heard of Journey. So I took, like, five pictures as an aside and then shot a million of Santana. Is that the one of Neil that's in the book, right in the... Uh, right, right. And Doug Roach drags me over to Herbie's office with that photo. Herbie, their manager, Herbie Herbert. Was that the office uh, right up from Van Ness? No, it was the early office on, in South of Market. And it was Nightmare. And um, Herbie goes, oh, my God. Calls Neil. Neil looks at it and goes, oh, my God. And they said, hey, you want to be our photographer for our first show, you know, in February. That's when Ainsley was in it. And I shot that, and, and that's in the book, too. That's at the Great American Music Hall. Right. And so Herbie sees these pictures and looks at me and says, hey, man, you want to be our photographer? Well, okay. I didn't know what I was doing, for, you know. I was looking at those pictures, that picture, and I, and I sent Ainsley a text. And next thing you know, he calls me on the phone. He's telling me the stories behind these pictures. I was, like, cracking up, man. Oh, yeah. You know, um, when uh, in the Great American Music Hall, I'm trying to load my camera with a hazel blood, look in the back. And your hair catches on fire. Yeah. And Ainsley looks at me and starts laughing, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's that's how I started. That's great. So there you were hanging out with Journey. I mean, I, I remember my first show seeing them at Winterland. I was, like, hooked. I was like, geez. And then I used to go by and see them at SIR on uh, Folsom Street. Yeah, and Ainsley, Ainsley and I were really close friends. We used to play cards once a week with him. My late wife and Glenn Miskell, his lawyer, you know, once a week we played cards. I was really close friends with him. I miss him a lot. So do you, was that the official start of your Pat Johnson photography business? Absolutely. And where did you go from there? What was well, then Herbie says, hey, you want to shoot our first band photo, you know, like publicity photo. I go, okay. I never shot a publicity photo in my life. Is that the one with George Tickner? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I went and, you know, all of a sudden I went and I went and bought a bunch of stuff. And, you know, photographers shoot 100, 200 thousands of pictures and hope they can get a journey. And I, my first fucking shot was a journey. Wow. You know, and that was when they were spectacular, you know. But And I stayed with them for a long time. They're still friends of mine, you know. Great band. What did you think of the Neil Schoen Journey experience where they were, he had Greg Raleigh out there and they were doing the Journey, early Journey song? I missed it. I didn't see it. I wish I would have. So after that, then you got hooked into the circuit and the next thing you know, you're taking pictures of everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got hooked up with the record companies and the radio stations and 
you know, and then the bands started, you know, using me. And, and next thing I knew, I was a, you know, I got I, I got a little studio in my house in a garage. And in 78, I opened my studio on South Park, which you came to, I believe. And, Is that uh, the same place? Yeah. I'm not there anymore, yeah, but I was there for 38 years. I'm, uh, Leslie West from Mountain, we did an album cover. We just walked over there and it was all beat up building by the train track. Took his album cover there. I did Pat Travers' album cover. We jumped on it. Went over by the cranes. Did you ever go up to uh, Prairie Sun and Cantati and do shots? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Um, with uh, Varney's guys, uh, Cacophony. C- yeah, Cacophony with uh, Jason Becker and Marty Friedman. Marty Friedman, yeah. yeah. So how did you hook up with Mike Varney? What was the uh, series of events that uh, threw you into Mike Varney's lap? Well, I love Mike. When he, when he first started Shrapnel, he was having these drawings done with you know, like metally drawings with the people with big hands. I remember and, those, yes. Right, and I talked to the, I forget, uh, probably Mike, and said, hey, let me do a shoot and, you know, try it out. And I forget who it was. And he said some band down there, and I and I did, I, they, Mike let me be crazy, so I got crazy. And Mike said, they started sending me all these bands, and I did a lot of them, you know, for many, many years. You know? Man, Mike, he's the best, I'm telling you. There's a whole a whole section of you know metal, but a lot of it's Varney stuff just because they're so cool. This is Mike Onesco. You're listening to Renegade Rock. We're talking to rock and roll legend, great photographer, Pat Johnson. We started off playing. We're gonna we always play music here on these interviews because we're interviewing mostly musicians. And but uh, Pat is a rock and roll musician photographer, and so we started off with Journey with Kahootek, and now we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna play another band that he got involved with, Jefferson. Airplane Starship. We're going to play White Rabbit and we'll be right back with Pat Johnson.
Hi, this is Mike Onesco. We're back with rock and roll legend photographer from the Bay Area, Pat Johnson. And we just played White Rabbit. How did you hook up with the Starship? Was that a, somebody turned you on to it, or did you just meet him at a party or something? Or um, Well, uh, their, rich, their publicist at the time was a woman named uh, Cynthia Bowman. She's actually from Cleveland, too. She and I really became really great friends, and I started doing photos. I think I did a, a magazine cover first of Grace Slick or something. Is that with that, the smoke? That, Is that the smoke one? Yeah, that one, yeah. Grace, I, I was really honored. I asked I asked of Grace if she would write something for my book, and she called me, and Grace freaking Slick calls me, and we sat and chat for like 20 minutes. <laughs> How cool is I, that, huh? Driving, I had to pull over, and I go, hey, Grace, you mind if I, would you write something for my book? She goes, ah, we're talking. Right, take something out of this, you know. So, I mean, Grace Slick, holy moly! Where did you, know? you take that shot in your studio? In my studio, yeah. That's great. All the talent that has rolled through that studio, man. Jeez. Oh yeah. So and so, the, so I've done the Starship over the years. Uh, you know, there's a couple of cool shots in the book. Hot tuna. There's a uh, there's a uh, uh, Marty Ballin. Uh, Paul Kantner, Jack Cassidy band. I shot with infrared film. It's a really cool shot. That is a cool shot. Yeah, there's a shot of uh, at the of Paul Kantner uh, when they're doing a video. He's all dressed really crazy. I I was you know then I, I they were my dear friends. I love the Starship. What was you know? it like when when you were there and the Starship added Ainsley and Mickey Thomas to the band? All of a sudden they were like this heavy rock band. It was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a photo. I, it, it did. The editors didn't. It didn't make the cut. Um, uh, I took out in Golden Gate Park. We had them bring the riser, the drum riser, and uh, and and uh, Ainsley's up on the playing drums on the riser in the middle of Golden Gate Park, and Craig Chikiso is jumping in midair doing the splits. Wow! I'd love to see that, man. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's a, it, you know, it's in my website probably, but um, but it's a. It didn't make the cut. You know, I had to. You know, I had to defer to the. To the you know editors to some degree because I mean there's there's t there's hip hop I've got portraits of Tupac and Snoop Dogg and David Bowie you 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 get those are great David Bowie shots by the way too yeah I, I shot Dave Bowie three different times he the seemed like he was pretty cool to you too um, he was probably the, the nicest people I ever met other than the local guys I became friends with in my career of the big boys were. Bowie, Michael Jackson, and Sting—the nicest people, bar none, not not even close. Right, you know, and right. So, I'm, this is a Cleveland story too. I don't know how far your thing goes, but this is a Cleveland story. So, I shoot him. This is the, where the cover shot is from, and then at, at the end of the day, there was a dinner, and they had all these record radio station programmers sitting down there, and, was, and he played at Slims with Tin Machine. I and can't so, believe he played at Slims, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Slim. a pretty small place for David Bowie, but it was Tin Machine, right? Right, you know, and so uh, so there's nowhere for me to sit to have dinner, and so the record company guy goes, oh, shit, and he puts me right next to David Bowie on the diet. <laughs> so I look, what do you say to David Bowie? I look at him and go, Hey, hey, man. He's short, isn't he? I don't remember. I go, I'm from Cleveland. He goes, Cleveland? I love Cleveland because Cleveland broke Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, they did, yes. Right? And then we he just blew off the record company president next to him, and we chatted for like an hour about life, and it blew my mind out. And, and then at one point, he goes, you know, we got to be buddies because I was shooting him for, and he goes, hey, let me get a shot with you. So I have, I have a picture in the book of me and him. I know that's a great every. He you look happy as hell, man. <laughs> so how could you not be? And then later on, 
2002, we played at Berkeley, and I had to shoot him again. And I brought him uh, the split picture, print of the split picture, which is in the book, and a picture, a, a really close portrait that I did of Marcel Marceau without his makeup on. And Marcel Marceau was sort of a mentor to Bowie, I heard. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, so I give him these prints, and he goes, whoa. And he calls his manager over and goes, take these, save them. And I look at Bowie, and I go, hey, man, I'm going to do a book someday. This is 2002. Would you, be, would you consider writing my, the foreword for it? And he goes, he looks at me like quizzically, like, what? And he looks at those two pictures, and he goes, you know what? Here's my personal phone number. When you get that, send it to me. I'll think I'll consider it. Of course, it sat in my drawer. He died, and my you know I never did it. But that's pretty cool. Did when you rolled into Keysar Stadium for Led Zeppelin, were you uh, were you there on business or just as a fan? No, I was there as an idiot fan. It was the last time I did acid. Uh, and, you know, I was sitting there, and I had my house of blood. Me and my buddy, we did it too, man. We were right there. Uh, everybody was on. I think. Yeah, I took four pictures. Three of them were garbage because I was so high, and the other one is the good one in the book. You know, so no. How'd you get your camera in? That's what I want to know. No, it was Kezar. You just walked in. That was, those were the days you could bring a camera. Uh, I know. Kezar, it's not even there anymore. It's gone. I mean. Yeah. I'll tell you, you got to hear a funny story. Uh, that's in the book. It's it's a uh, meatloaf. When meatloaf was, uh, and this is sort of a Cleveland rest connection. Rest in peace. Too. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's Cleveland International Records was meatloaf, you know. And so they're promoting his new album at the time, which was Bad Out of Hell. I think he might have been on Epic. I believe he was. And so we're going around town taking pictures and promoting them. And at the, that night, he's playing at the at a, at a small club. I think it was uh, the old Waldorf. And my mother, who's you know second generation Italian from Cleveland, grew up on East 130th. You know, and, and this is like 1975 or whatever when pot was not you know was frowned upon, shall we say? So after the show's over, we're all standing there. And somebody lights up a joint, <laughs> meatloaf. He takes a puff and hands it to my mother. And my five-year-old <laughs> woman, giant meatloaf. And she looks at him and goes, no, thank you, meatball. <laughs> and it wasn't sarcastic. She, 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 she didn't, didn't know, her. right? She didn't know. Yeah. That is funny. What did, meat, what did meatloaf say? <laughs> but it's also in my book. You know, you can get it at Amazon. And That's right. <laughs> We're at patjohnson.com, and it's on and that, Amazon, right? Yeah, when you came by. It was a lot of fun doing that shoot, you know? That was. It, it, just finding out, because I had never met you before. I had heard about you and seen all your work over the years. And then Mike told me you were doing the shoot. And he goes, by the way, Pat is from Cleveland. I go, are you kidding me? Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Y yeah, that was... That was right after that, uh, the year I left, uh, 97, I moved back here to Cleveland, and I've been here ever since. You know, on a different note, not but sports, the Cleveland Indians hired me to do a, their historical collage for the 50th anniversary of Municipal Stadium. No and, way. Yeah, that's their the media guide cover. And then the Browns hired me, and I did four big collage, sport collages, the history of the Browns, for when they came back. After they, after Modell ripped them away from us, and uh, you know, for years, I, they may still be there, but they were in all the luxuries. Wasn't that a traumatic moment when he got up on that podium and said the Browns were moving to Baltimore? He, uh, I don't even want to get into that because I don't. If I was sitting there with the president of, the, of Columbia Records and he was at, talking to me about doing a shoot, and Modell walked in, I'd have said, "Excuse me, hey Modell, go fuck your." 
go fuck yourself. Lost the client, but I hated his. You know, he's a piece of garbage. Oh man, and, and I hope he did. He, I hope he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame. I just, Pat, you have great stories. Did you ever? Did you ever meet Michael Segaris? Uh, yeah, I knew Michael. Um, I used to live across the street from him. Yeah, he he was an, he's a good guy. His I, I got hired to shoot the Niners because I asked him to KMBR when the Browns played the 49ers here a couple of years ago, and I I ran into Michael there. And we shot shot the shit for a while. Is he he's still he's still working then, right? Yeah, he's, he's a 49ers and A's photographer. Oh, yeah, cool. So so what what are your plans now? I mean, are you still shooting? Or are you going to be retiring? Or are you no? Are you moving back to Cleveland? No. No, my daughter's in San Diego with twin seven-year-old boys. My son lives here. I'm still playing the top-level softball in the top league in San Mateo. My son's on the team. All my friends and clients are here. No, I mean I, you know, I'm from Cleveland. Cleveland's my heart, but I moved there at 20. I'm 71, so I've been here 51 years. So this is my home. Wow. You know, I know. And uh, the, the weather would kill me. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I never made a ton of money. To make to retire, so I, you know, so I, I still shoot. Yeah, I still shoot. I have a little. I moved my studio uh, close to my house, and five, five minutes from me in San Mateo. Yeah. So you're in San Mateo then now. Yeah, we bought a house. My late wife and I in '86. We bought a house. Oh, down good for you, man! You're out of the city. Yeah, we wanted to raise our kids where it was, you know, sun and backyards. You know, San Mateo is probably huge though now, right? Isn't it? It's just well, Pat. This is this is great. I mean, I can't believe we're doing this interview on my radio show, and you're, we're plugging your book, and I'm in your book along with right next to Ronnie Montrose. I've had so many calls and and connections with Ronnie Montrose in my life and career. It's incredible. Well, here's another one. Want me to tell some stories? I'll tell a story. Yeah, tell me a story. Dennis Wilson. Uh, that is one scary picture in your book, man. Oh, yeah. Was that when he was hanging out with Charles Manson? Oh, after, years after. It was It was 1978. He was promoting his new album, Pacific Ocean Blue. And he was just the nicest kind of stony, hippie, Southern California surfer dude. And me and Joel Newman, who's also from Cleveland, the east side, um who's the epic rep, we're driving down to San Jose in the, in the limo, and he goes, hey, you guys want to smoke a joint? And we go, nah, no thanks. And he takes a couple puffs of this joint and goes, and turns into that guy. We went, yeah. Yeah, you said that in the book. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, another Cleveland story. When I first I fought, shot James Brown, who's a god to me, a uh, number of times, but one of the times I shot him was at Narda Michael Walton's recording studio. He walks in and and, uh, and he talks just like he sounds, you know. And um, you have to call him Mr. Brown. And I have my Cleveland Indian hat on. And I go, <laughs> Mr. Brown. I got to tell you, I have two two people I admire with very similar names: you, James Brown, and the great Jim Brown from the running back. And he points to my Cleveland Indian hat and goes, "I love them Atlanta Braves." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he could do it first out loud. That is funny. That yeah, so, is funny. So he's from Georgia, I think. You know, I, right? But, um, so did you ever, did you ever meet up with any Cleveland radio personalities like Billy Bass or any of those guys in the day? Or? No, David Spiro's become a really close friend of mine from MMS. Right. Um, what is he doing worked, these days? He's got a book out that's phenomenal. Wow. You know? Yeah, and. Um, I worked with Kid Leo. He he became a big shot at Columbia Rec. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the one disc jockey who came out here 
from uh, Cleveland. It was on, can on, the, uh, on the sports station. And he moved back to Cleveland, and now he's like got one of those. One of those, um, I think it's, you know, the right. He's pretty big time there. I think he's he's like a, you know, a right right wing sort of radio station guy. For his name escapes me, you know. Oh, cool. So this really is really nice. Guy. Go Fair ahead. Go ahead. My my philosophy on politics is I don't care who you vote for. Just shut up. And keep it to yourself. Yeah, I know. I I used to. Blasted all over Facebook, but I, I since quit doing that, and because uh, because I don't like entertainers and people that are shoving their views down my throat either. So no, I, you know I don't care if you're uh, Democrat or Republican, Trump or Biden, whatever. Yes, uh, you know, vote for who you want to vote for, and keep it. You know, be quiet. So we're we're here with Pat Johnson. We got a few minutes left. We're talking about Pat's great book out called Blue Collar Photographer. You can get it at patjohnson.com, and we're going to put a link up on my website, michaelnesco.com, and you can also get it on amazon.com. Uh, and it's a great book, chock full with unbelievable great pictures and stories. So, Pat, you got a, a few last words for any of our Renegade Rock listeners here for you, for us? I love Cleveland. I don't know if this if you're... But we're, we're kind of you and I are Cleveland boys, and we are. I'm really proud to be uh, on your podcast, and I'm really proud. To, my book is is uh, I'm really really proud of it, and I'm really excited. I'm proud of you too, Pat. It's a great book. You're you're. I mean, it's not easy to be a photographer. I I know a couple other guys in my life that have a talent like you, but they never used it. And for you to go, it's like being a musician. You lived your dream, and you're doing what you want to do in your life, Pat. I lucked out. I got it. Well, hard work, and I and 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 I, yeah. Don't forget that hard work, right? Luke, out, be honest and work your ass off. And 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 I cared about every shot. I didn't. I never. That's why I'm not rich. I never cared about the money. I cared. I look, and you probably remember. Oh, there it is. Oh, look, look, there it is. We got it. Yes. You know, that's what. Yes. It's like. It's like you when you hit that note, you know what I mean? When you bend that string or that's whatever. That's right. You have a musical moment that you live for, you know? Yeah, that's me with the camera, you know? So did you ever get to photograph Tom Jones? No, I did Engelbert Humperdinck, though. That's oh, close. that's cool. Yeah, and all these old ladies, it was at the Circle Star, and all these ladies, old ladies the, were throwing... God, I remember that, thief, the Circle Star. <laughs> the late, all these old ladies were throwing their underpants up at him. <laughs> Like, I want to throw up. Of course, I, I'm like 20 years older than them now, you know. <laughs> right. Well, Pat, thanks for coming on Renegade Rock. We wish you the best of luck with your book. We're going to give you a, we're going to start promoting it every week on the show here. And thanks again. And once again, we love you, Pat. Yeah, and I'm following you on Facebook. I'm really proud that you're still, you're still pumping out those albums yourself, man. This is number 38, the next one. Holy moly. Isn't that crazy? That's fantastic, man. Uh, you know, you're still doing it and you're still loving it. How cool is that? Two Cleveland boys doing what they want to do. Isn't that a killer? I, Pat, we love you. Thanks again. I'm going to hit the hit the uh, button. We're going to play uh, one last song called Be Your Dog by the Stooges. Quick, give us a quick Iggy Pop story. Oh, oh, man. I was, you know, there's a famous picture of him on people's shoulders pointing in Cincinnati. I'm on acid with my buddy. We never heard of the Stooges. They were brand new. We would squirrel our way up front to see traffic, and the Stooges come on. And Iggy dives into the crowd and smears peanut butter.
all over our hair, my shirt, and, and the, the outtakes are, you can see me and my my best friend standing there by minds going, I was an Iggy fan from that day on. All right, Pat, we love you. Thanks for coming on Renegade Rock. Renegade Rock.